Thank you, Kyle and Carla. Fantastic. Great. Take your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And let us look in these closing moments of this great service at something in the life of Mary which is instructive for every one of us. In chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, the angels out from the fields of Bethlehem had announced to Mary the birth of the Savior. And in verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Mary gives us a model here for how to put all the pieces of life together to understand God's will and to cooperate with God's will. One of the great lessons of the Christian life is the lesson we learn when we understand how to put the things together that God is doing in our lives. And a lot of people never learn that. To them, the Christian life is a disjointed series of events with no inner relationship. But if you're a Christian, nothing that happens to you happens in isolation. It happens according to the sovereignty of God and the providence of God, and it happens in relation to other things. And if you're going to understand and cooperate with God's will, then you have to put those things together. Now, set the story properly, if you will. Shepherds were pretty much low scum. They were looked upon by the Jewish people as not really very religious, primarily because they had to live with the sheep and they were unable to carry out all the rules and regulations that any good Jewish person would carry out. For instance, they couldn't go through the rites of purification in the washing of their hands. They had to eat with unwashing hands. I mean, if you carried water out into the shepherd's fields, you had to use it for yourself to survive. And generally, they were thought of as not too valuable in the economy of the Jewish people. Actually, the temple priests were to make sure that all of the flocks and herds and the animals that were brought were without blemish. And so the temple priests kept their own private stock of sheep and goats. And uh, they would have kept them close to Jerusalem or close to Bethlehem. And Bethlehem is just four miles southwest of Jerusalem. And there's a lot of speculation that these might have been shepherds for the temple priests guarding their private stock of sacrifices. One other thing you need to know historically to understand this when a baby was born, the minstrels of a city would come and sing to the family. But being from Nazareth, there was no one in Bethlehem to be aware of the birth of Christ. So God provided heavenly minstrels to sing for them, heavenly angels to sing for the shepherds to announce the birth. 
when you put all that together, now you can see Mary's circumstance. And you see it clearly in verse 19. Mary kept all these things. It is a compound word from terio. She held these things. She guarded these things. She treasured these things in her heart. One translation has this idea of treasuring or keeping. The translation says, Mary stored these things in her memory and in her heart kept wondering what they meant. Now, this is a task of every Christian to treasure the events going on so that I can ponder what do they really mean. That's our challenge from the Christmas story. By the way, hold your hand here and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, and you'll see the word used in regards to our corruptible, incorruptible inheritance that God has given to us in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, verse 4. We have been begotten again to an inheritance, 1 Peter 1, 4, incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away. And here is another compound of the word, terio, reserved in heaven, treasured in heaven, stored up in heaven for you. Boy, that is, that gives meaning to what Mary did. As secure as my eternity is with God, reserved for me, it's got my name on it, a ticket to the throne of God, as secure as that is, treasured by God for me, kept by God for me, guarded by God for me. So Mary took in everything that was happening and she treasured it. She stored it up in her memory. She thought about it. That's what that means. And secondly, notice the other word. She pondered. She pondered. Pondered. Now get that. It's a present participle, so it's really pondering. She kept on pondering. The word sumbalo is to bring, balo, together. It is to bring everything together, to match things up with, comparing and weighing all of the parts to understand what God is doing. I do that with each of my children. I would store up memories of how they responded to me. And I would store up memories of their hurts and what they're sensitive to. And then I would have to ponder them. And with four children, that's a task. Keeping four separate computers on my children so that I can treasure things about them and then ponder and match things so that I understand them and I know not what to say to one child because I, I, I treasured and pondered. I knew never to speak harshly to Amy because she would snap if I looked at her crosswise. I hardly ever had to whip her. I think only one time in her whole life, all I had to do was look at her. And I treasured events with her and pondered them and I knew how to respond to her. See what Mary was doing? That's what Mary was doing about all these things. I Hold your hand here. I love First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 12. Do you remember what the Bible said about the sons of Issachar? It's a tremendously insightful thing. Of the children of Issachar, 1 Chronicles 12.32. He took some mighty men at Hebron out of the tribe of Issachar, verse 32, and look how they were described. 
They had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Wow. That's what I want. As I study intensely the life of Mary, and some have deified her, and others have condemned her, and as I study the life of Mary, I see something like the sons of Issachar. They had understanding of the times. And because they had an understanding of the times, they knew what to do. I want to ask you, do you have an understanding of the times? Have you treasured or pondered much about what God is doing in your life? Turn over to the Gospel of Luke, again, chapter 12. And Jesus put it this way in the New Testament in Luke chapter 12. He said in verse 54 to the multitudes, When you see a cloud rising out of the west, all the people in Palestine were great with the watchers. Doppler radar would have done them well. They could have helped Doppler radar, actually. When you see a cloud, verse 54, rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming, and so it is. When you see a, a, a south wind blowing, verse 55, you say, well, going to be hot weather. The wind's coming from the desert in the south. And then he said, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and the earth. But how is it you did not discern this time? See that? Why is it you can't understand your times? Why is it you miss the important things God does? A lot of people miss the whole Christmas story. A lot of people today will miss the real meaning of Christmas, whatever that is for you. They'll miss it because they just don't discern the times. And Jesus, as an illustration, talks about judgment. That's fascinating to me. He said, when you go with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge, the judge deliver you to the officer, the officer throw you into prison. Now, why did he say that? Do you know why he said that? Because he says, I have come. And if you reject me, judgment is coming. Why don't you discern the times so you know when judgment is coming? And then he illustrates it by a disagreement between two people. He said, don't wait until your adversary draws you to court. You take him and settle it now and get ready for judgment before judgment comes. See, that's what he's saying. Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. Because there simply weren't enough godly people in Israel like Mary who treasured the things that happened and pondered them in her heart until she could become like the sons of Issachar, understanding of the times. Every Christian has an advantage over every non-Christian just by the way you look at the world. Did you know that? The fact that we've been given the Holy Spirit and all the tools to understand the world and to understand the times, to interpret the red sky from the west, to interpret the hot wind from the south, to interpret this little circumstance and that little circumstance. I'm forever disturbed with people who can't ever learn to tell the difference between what God is doing and what the devil is doing. If it's noble, if it's virtuous, if it's true to the Word of God, don't even sit around and pray about it. You act upon it as if that's God, and God can shut the door. We have a lot of timid people who are never willing to step out to do any great thing for God. 
Well, I'm afraid I'll make a mistake. Hey, if you ever do anything for God, you're going to make a fool of yourself. That's the way to greatness is to start by being foolish. Some, I walked in at the wrong time Friday night. If the choir came in at the wrong time, they, we hadn't even got the wise men in yet. Magi hadn't even had their chicken sandwiches yet. And here I come for the invitation. Poor Larry standing down here. No, 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 no. Don't cheat the wise men out of their moment in history. Sit down. Somebody said, does that bother me? No, I said, that's not the last mistake I'll ever make. I'll make a few more, right, Kyle? I'll make a few more. But if you don't ever do risk any great thing for God, you'll never do anything. And there's always that chance. If you took a county of Forsyth map and you put a grid on it showing all the volunteer fire districts, then you would look at the map differently. See, the Christian's got a different grid. He sees everything based upon the fact that God is sovereign and God is good. God is sovereign and God is providential. We see things differently. We ought to be understanding the times. I had my little grandson, Harrison, and he wanted to do a puzzle with his papa. So we turned the puzzle over, put out all the pieces, and Harrison just picked a piece at random and started with it. He said, now, Papa, which one goes with this? I said, well, son, now you've got to put these pieces together in a practical way. Now, let me tell you some ways to do this. First, I said, look for all the straight edges, and that'll tell you they go around the outside, right? That's one way to understand the puzzle. Now, secondly, it would help if you turn all the pieces over so that the color is showing, right? That always helps in working a puzzle. Then thirdly, turn the top of the box over and look at the picture. He was just randomly trying to try out pictures. I said, you've got to look for the straight edges. You've got to look for colors that match. Look on that cover and see. Now, there's a green piece, and right next to it is a yellow piece. Now, let's look for a yellow piece if you want to know what goes next to this green piece. And when I got done showing him the straight edges and the top of the box and the colors of the pieces and the shapes of the pieces, he said, Papa, you make this easy. Well, actually, it was a puzzle for two and three-year-olds, so I was hoping that I would make it easy. But that's the way it was with Mary. All of us have something that helps us to get life together and to understand what's going on in our husband's life or our wife's life or our children's lives. What's, what's this circumstance mean? I lose my job. What does this mean? Uh, I, I've, I, I'm, I'm on unemployment and it's about to run out. What does this mean? Uh, my, my children tell me that I, I just never listen to any suggestion they ever have. What, what does this mean? How can I understand the times? I like to watch Kyle sing. I've been studying him through all of these. It's a fascinating thing. You know what happens? He gets out there, and this is the way he brings so much energy to his music. He gets so pumped up and involved in his music, he gets to pumping that microphone. Now, did you see how he was pumping that microphone? He goes like this. Like he's going to squeeze just a little more out of it. Now, you know that's a handheld mic. I mean, it's not even connected to a cord. He can squeeze that as hard as he wants and won't get any more music out of it. But see, that helps him when he's singing, right, Kyle? I mean, that's just, 
And then I watch him. You ought, to, you ought to stand behind him. It's really a lot of fun. He's got this hand. And this hand gets to going like this. And when this hand gets to going like this, you know he's ready to hit a high note. He just gets to pumping that hand like that. You know he's ready for a high note. And I say, watch it. Here it comes. Watch him on this little light of mine. Now, when you come this afternoon at 3 o'clock, everybody's going to be watching your left hand. <laughs> but see, that's the way you hold I'll be there. It'll be there. And then he brings it up, and he just can't hold it down. If you tied that left hand, he'd sound like just an average, another average tenor in, the, in the, the adult choir, First Baptist Church in Lizard North Carolina. Be, that'd be all there was to him. See, we all have things that help us to tie everything together. Can I quickly list five things for Mary that happened in the Christmas story? She treasured and she pondered. What was it she treasured? First. First. She treasured the messages she had received. We don't have time to go through them. Let me just recite them for you. The angel spoke to Elizabeth. The Elizabeth spoke to Mary. The angel spoke to Mary. Mary spoke back to the Lord. What do all of these messages mean? I don't understand. So she had to treasure those up because later down the line, as events happen, as she's treasured these things up, they'll all fit together. Will you give God a little slack? He doesn't owe you an explanation every time something happens to you. He doesn't owe you a computer printout every time you lose a job or somebody looks at you cross-eyed. You treasure those things up in your heart. And then under the leadership of God, you ponder those things and you take them with you to church and you hear a message and you get a little insight. You go to Sunday school and somebody asks a question and it gives you a little insight. You ponder. And that's why the word ponder, sumbalo, is a present participle. I just go on pondering and on down the line I'll get a word and on down the line I'll get another word and then something else will happen. And it all comes back to help me understand the messages I've gotten. It's wonderful to be a Christian. It's exciting. Don't give up on God because he doesn't give you an A through Z explanation every time something happens. Treasure those things in your heart and then start pondering them as you're walking with God and living for God and reading the word and singing and praying and talking with Christians and God just unfolds it all out to you. God's seldom in a hurry. A.W. Tozer said one time, God is still looking for men in whose hands his glory is safe. God is still looking for men in whose hands his glory is safe. Just give God time. And he'll show you what he's doing. You know another thing that happened? She was treasuring up the scriptures, the things that came out of these messages that were scripture. Uh, well, over there in Luke chapter 1, verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. <laughs> he was quoting scripture to her. She had to put that together. And on and on. There were a lot of, down in verse 37. 
With God, nothing will be impossible. A direct quote from Jeremiah. She was putting all this together. So she's matching the, the messages with the scripture. And then there are the people. There's Elizabeth in her life. Something's going to happen to you, Mary. You're going to have a child. And the child will be the greatest. Blessed are you among women. Listen to that. Look at the people God brought into her life. The shepherds. Joseph. And, and you see, she treasured those experiences up in her heart. And then as she pondered them, she saw how they all fit together. Do you know one thing about Mary? She was the only person with Jesus from the very beginning to the very end. She saw the whole drama, right? She was there at the birth. Amen. Can't have a birth without her. <laughs> And she was there at the very end. In fact, Jesus, looking down from the cross, said to John, Son, behold your what? Behold your mother. Now, I tell you, she saw everything. And the reason that Mary was loyal to her son was not just because he was her son. But she had treasured all these things in her heart and pondered them. And God had put it together. It made sense. A fourth thing was her faith. I mean faith. Three wise men coming from afar. We have seen the star and come to what? Worship him? Well, if a Gentile can have that kind of faith, what about Mary? I mean, can you imagine a young girl? Mary may have been 14 at the time. Imagine finding out you're pregnant at age 14 and you're engaged and you know that you've never been with a man. She would have been scared to death. Do you understand the enormous faith this took for Mary to say, okay, God, according to your will, so be it to me. I'm your handmaiden. Wow. How can I believe this? She must have treasured up in her heart what she saw in Elizabeth, the wise man. She kept on pondering until it all fit together. Meister Eichhardt, who was a pietist of several hundred years ago, said this. I love this quote. When one is looking for something and sees no sign that it is where he is searching, he will keep on looking there only with painful reluctance. If, however, he begins to find traces of it, then he will hunt in earnest. The man who wants fire is cheered by feeling warmth and then joyously keeps on looking till he finds the blaze. Which is another nice way of saying that whoever really wants God will find him. Whoever will believe the little things will see God in the big things. And when you... When you treasure these things up in your heart and then you ponder them and you fix your mind on God. Lord, what are you doing? You let this happen in my life. You let this happen in my life. You let that happen in my life. And as you treasure them up, you begin to put them together and pretty soon all the pieces fit together. Mary didn't go through life wondering, well, did I do the right thing? I don't think so. Oh, she didn't fully understand when Jesus at age 12 left the, the crowd and went back to the temple because he said he must be about his father's business. She kept on understanding. God kept on revealing as she kept on pondering. But I can tell you what happened to Mary as, as Jesus was born. She never, ever, ever forgot. It might have made the tears a little more salient when she came to the cross. 
but she treasured these things up in her heart. And what I'm saying by this is that she was looking for God, so she didn't miss him. Most of the world was not looking for the Messiah, so they missed him. They had their own preconceived notion. Herod was only interested in preserving himself. That's why when the wise men said, we've heard about the birth of a king, he didn't care about that. He was worried about his own throne. That's all he was worried about. Whoever is looking for God. Whoever's got his heart fixed on understanding God. They that seek for me shall what, class? Find me. If they seek for me with all their heart. And finally, there was mystery. What about the phenomena? A birth? <laughs> A virgin birth? That's phenomenal. There's all this angels in the sky, a great course. That's a phenomenon. That's mystery. <sighs> Do we have a heart to understand the unusual? You know what? One of the things I learned from Mary, and one of the things, I don't think this verse is in here by accident. The Holy Spirit wrote this. Mary treasured all these things and kept on pondering them in her heart. Christmas gives us hope. If God can take a little... Very little servant, humble servant girl. And use her to be the vehicle, the channel for the son of the eternal God. And if he can surround her with all these events. And she can come out of it sane in her right mind. No wonder she was to be called blessed. I don't think we've given Mary her due. Maybe there are some groups that give Mary too much due. But we haven't given Mary her due. She was be, to be blessed of all women. Remember that. Never forget that. But one of the reasons she was blessed is that she was watching for God. And she treasured everything God did in her life and she put it all together and it made sense. And if you'll just take the pieces of your life and treasure them and learn to respect them and keep them, store them up in your heart. And as you ponder them, let every prayer, every scripture, let everything you do be applied back to helping you understand what you've treasured. And watch as God just unfolds. I thought I needed this kind of a wife when I was 16. But oh, I'm so glad God gave me this kind of life at this age. I thought all my children will be grade A children, all state athletes, and will marry uh, spirit-filled models. You know, I'm so glad God gave me the children he gave me. Aren't you? <laughs> you know, I used to think that uh, Billy Graham wasn't going to live forever and somebody would have to take his place and I was a volunteer. <laughs> but I'm so glad God put me here. You know, when you look back on things, you see what God has done. And you treasure things up in your heart. And you keep on pondering them. You just trust the Father. Take your life and trust it to the Father. Whatever's happened to your children, whatever's happened to you, and as you treasure and ponder, two very important skills in the believer's life. God will just work things out and show you precisely what he's, why he's doing what he's doing. And isn't it exciting to live in the hands of a God who's got all the rest of the world in his hands, even for little Mary. And that's why Christ came, to help you put your life back together, to make sense out of your parts if you just surrender it to him. Would you do that? Don't go on running from him.
Let the Holy Spirit help you treasure what He's given you. Treasure the truth that God loves you. Treasure the truth that God cares. Treasure the truth that Christ came for you if you've been the only one. Treasure the truth the Holy Spirit showing your sin. Treasure the truth that you have tried to run your own life and you made a mess of it. And then as you keep on pondering those things, watch how God will set those things in order and give you direction and show you what he's doing. Amen and amen. Let's stand in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the word of God. And I thank you for the wonderful side stories of Christmas like Mary's. Somewhere in this audience today, dear Lord, there is a person whose life is out of control. The pieces aren't fitting together. They've had a hard time trusting you providentially with the blows they've taken. Oh God, teach us, every one of us, to treasure in our hearts what Jesus means to us. And then to keep on pondering them until you put them all together. In Jesus' name, amen.